And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. We are in the Midwest in the U.S., and we are here for you. We try to present good scientific data that helps you understand more of how to make choices to be healthy. We try to share good information for you so that you can make better choices, choosing a better diet, a better lifestyle, because it comes down to everything we do on a daily basis creates who we are. It's just like taking care of your car. If you do all the things that are necessary to maintain a good functioning car, it'll perform for you well for many, many years. But if you don't take care of it, you trash it, that car is not going to perform very well. Same with your animals. If you have a very wonderful, beautiful pet, you want to take care of that pet. And you do everything you possibly can to make that pet healthy. And the same is for you and I. We can eat junk foods, a lot of refined carbohydrates and sugar, soda drinks. Just eat a garbage diet. And we'll pay the price. But if we eat a good healthy diet, get plenty of sleep, do the things that are productive for our health, we then will be rewarded with good health. So that's why we are here on Saturday and Sunday just to share information. And 90% of it is backed by science. We do the research from various scientific websites to find information for you that I'm sure you don't have time to do. And if you think any of your friends or relatives outside of the radio broadcasting area would enjoy our program, it is live streamed to our website, terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen live from anywhere around the world by adjusting your time to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time in the USA. But you can also listen to all the shows that have been broadcast in the past that are now archived on the website, as well as our newsletter. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out to your email address every Friday. You can subscribe to it and go in and read all the past newsletters that you may not have received. Or you might come up with an idea that you want to know more information about your thyroid or your arthritis or your heart, you can go into the e-newsletter archive section and in the search section, type in a word that would bring you to your point of interest. If you want to know more about your thyroid, type in thyroid or hypothyroid or hyperthyroid and you'll get more information. And today, we have a nice lineup of information and ideas and concepts 
that might improve your health. But before we get there, Christmas is just around the corner. It's only a few days away. And I have many reasons to be thankful. Christmas is a blessing to me. This is the time to put aside all the differences, all the conflict that goes on through the year, and just think about all the, not presents, not gifts, but of all the things that we have that we should be thankful for. I'm thankful for my family, for my health, for my kids, my grandkids, and the abundance that I have received over the last year. And you are included in my reason for being thankful. This show would not be anything without you. I would be just talking to the air. But I know there are many people that I run into that tell me they listen to the show. So I want to take this few minutes just to thank you. And that I wish you a fantastic Merry Christmas. And that God blesses you through the new year. Without you, this would not be a show. We have so many, many, many things to be thankful for. And I think so many times we ask and ask and ask. And we pray and we pray. I don't know if we ever stop to be thankful. And I believe that the more that we are thankful for and thank God for the things that we have, the more that God gives us to be thankful for. So take this time of the year and list all your blessings and all the great things that have happened in our lives. Some days we complain, you know, nothing's right. But you know, I think that we are so thankful for the lives that we have even though they may not be the best. We have more than most people around the world. We are probably in the top 5% of all the people in the world. Yes, we do have poverty. Yes, we do need to help more people. We need to help the homeless. We need to also be givers. And this is the time to be giving. not only of gifts, but of ourselves and how we can provide a better life for other people. So I'm wishing you a merry, merry Christmas and thankful for you. All right, let's talk a little bit about your health, our health, and how we can improve our health. You know, we have many vitamins that we could talk about And many vitamins we don't get in our food. Many of the vitamins and minerals, especially minerals, are in the soil. 
and the plants we eat if, if they're grown in a deficient soil. And I hear it all the time. Doctors say there is no deficiency of vitamins and minerals in the United States. Does that mean that we are so perfect? I don't think so. We're not creating a good growing environment. Everything is mass-produced, mass-growing, with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, artificial fertilizers. Yes, we get great growth, but it's deficient in nutrients. There are billions of people around the world that are deficient in vitamins and minerals, including the U.S., So we should try to eat a healthy diet to get as much as we possibly can from our foods because our diet should be the most critical in terms of our health, the foods we eat, and eliminating the foods we should not eat. If we get rid of all the junk, all the sodas, refined carbohydrates, sugar, would be on our good way of eating the things that we should be eating to be healthy. So I'm going to just talk about one deficiency this morning, a vitamin deficiency, vitamin B12. What value does vitamin B12 have and represent in our health? Well, here are some warning signs. of a B12 deficiency. Symptoms of B12 deficiency can include the following. And these are, these are very common from the people I talk to and the people that write to me and ask questions. These are very, very common occurrences. If you have a B12 deficiency, you may, I'm not saying you do, you may have ringing in the ears. That is a B12 deficiency. Fatigue and shortness of breath. Diarrhea. A swollen tongue. Muscle spasms and twitches. Confusion and memory loss. Struggling to find the right word at times. Numbness, tingling, and strange sensations in your hands, arms, legs, and feet. Poor concentration. Loss of focus. Loss of clarity. Not able to think correctly. These are all signs and symptoms of a B12 deficiency. They are relatively common, but often missed by doctors. They don't know vitamins and minerals and their deficiencies, or what they really do in the health of the body. 
the first thing they think of is, oh, you have that problem, let me find a drug. No, we have so many conditions and even classified as diseases that our only deficiencies of vitamins and minerals. But doctors will pre- pre- prescribe a drug for 99% of what you present as your symptoms to the doctor. You tell the doctor you have these problems or this is what I feel or this is what is happening to me. And the doctor picked up his ears, her ears, and said, what drug should I prescribe? What drug should I prescribe? But it could only be, and sometimes it's only, a vitamin or mineral deficiency. And they will give you a drug which doesn't satisfy the deficiency. You are still deficient in a vitamin or mineral. It's inconceivable to believe that a doctor doesn't know anything about health or nutrition. They save lives. Doctors are necessary. They do a great job. They're fantastic in some skills that are are unbelievable. And drugs save lives. But nobody ever thinks that, oh, you may be deficient in this mineral or this vitamin. So if someone doesn't tell you about some of these things, you may never know it. Because if you go to the doctor with some signs and symptoms that you're, you're just not feeling well, they'll find you a drug. That's all they know. And really, for a healthy body, we don't need drugs. We don't need vaccines. Our body functions with essential vitamins and minerals. That's what makes the body work. And then there are the other accessory food factors like bioflavonoids, polyphenols, which come from our fruits and vegetables. And so many people don't eat fruits and vegetables at all. Or very few. And if you are deficient in vitamin B12, the average deficiency being diagnosed by a doctor can take as long as 10 years. Here's a fact. I mean, nobody has to, you know, prove this. Doctors are not trained to look for a B12 deficiency. And then if they are, the available tests are not very accurate. Especially in older people, older adults. B12 deficiency symptoms may be mistaken for other problems, such as dementia or Alzheimer's disease, when in fact, The problem is easily treatable with vitamin B12. And then older adults, 
because of the aging process, may have insufficient stomach acid, which is required. We need stomach acid. But many, many people, in fact, about 30% of the population take an antacid, either over-the-counter or prescription, which leads to a reduced absorption of B12. So when you take a PPI, a proton pump inhibitor, or antacids, you are eliminating the acids, which we definitely need in our digestive tract to be able to absorb nutrients, like minerals, calcium. We can't digest calcium without having more additional acid in our stomach. So we are very deficient in nutrients, proteins, calcium, other minerals, vitamin B12, when people are on drugs, for GERD, or for what they consider to be excessive acidity. So how do we correct B12 deficiency? Well, it doesn't hurt to try to eliminate your condition based on the signs and symptoms I shared with you earlier. Maybe you have those. And maybe you're taking a drug for some of those. It doesn't hurt to add a vitamin B12 or make sure you're getting plenty of B12 in your multiple vitamin and mineral supplement or however you are possibly getting some B12. But there is one that is very, very efficient and doesn't need additional acid to be converted and it doesn't have to go through the liver function to be converted. And this is the methylform, M-E-T-H-Y, methylform, methyl, M-E-T-H-Y-L rather, Methylcobalamin. That is the biologically active form of vitamin B12. It needs no further conversion in the chemistry of the body. No conversion required by the liver. It's the active form of B12. And usually the dosage can be anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 MCGs, micrograms, daily or up to 6,000, depending on the health concerns you are faced with. But I like a combination of all the methyl forms of vitamin B6, folic acid, and B12. So the formulation I take to make sure that I'm getting all my methylated or biologically active forms of these vitamins, vitamin B is known as pyridoxal 5-phosphate, 
that's the biologically active form. The real form of folic acid is called folate, and that is a methyl folate. So you want the methylated form of B12, B6, and folate, or folic acid. If you take folic acid, that has to be converted through a process in your body, and some people don't convert very well. Diabetics have a very difficult time converting the B vitamins into the biologically active form. And the elderly. So it's better to get the active forms to be able to support your health. So look for a formulation containing B6, B12, and folate in their methylated form. Now here's a new benchmark. A new benchmark date for colon cancer screening. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force is now recommending routine colon cancer screening starting much earlier, 45 rather than 50, because colon cancer is more prevalent at an earlier age than ever before. More new cases of colon cancer are occurring in people much younger than 50. So the new data finds that 45-year-olds are now getting colon cancer at the same rate previously at 50-year-old. At least 25% of adults over 50 have never been screened for colon cancer, which is the third leading cause of cancer death in the U.S. And it's the easiest one to cure if caught early. Colon cancer symptoms include blood in the stool, abdominal pain, and unexplained weight loss and fatigue. Now we talked about a vitamin this morning. Vitamin B12. Let's spend a little bit of time on a mineral that not many people take today, nor do they take enough of it today. And that mineral is iodine. You know, sometimes you find iodized salt, right? Iodine combined with salt. Is that the best thing to take? You want to use more salt? To get your iodine? Why add more salt to get more iodine? And from the research today, the research are telling us we need a lot more iodine than we did previously, like all nutrients today. Now, these are some of the signs and symptoms 
that show you may not be getting enough iodine daily. Now, vitamins and minerals do not stay in your body. You can't eat all your vitamins and minerals for a couple of days and go for a couple of months. These have to be replaced on a daily basis, either through your food, as best you can, or by supplements. And iodine is a critical and essential mineral for the thyroid. The thyroid produces a hormone called thyroxin. And many people, women particularly, are prone to have an underactive thyroid. They are not producing enough hormone called thyroxin. So they are then prescribed a medication, commonly called Synthroid is one, which is the artificial synthetic hormone because the, the women are not getting, or men, it's about 75% of women and 25% of men that have a thyroid deficiency. But there are nutrients that make the hormone. We can't make the hormone without iodine. So it, iodine is the essential mineral for thyroid hormone production. We can't live without it. And for bone and brain development during pregnancy. It's the number one drug prescribed in America. Synthroid. And iodine deficiency is the most common cause of preventable brain damage in the world. It's the number one cause of retardation, of children being born retarded. And iodine levels in Americans have declined by 50% since the 1970s. Hang on there, folks. I've got to pause for a few seconds, but I'll be right back here with more on iodine and how it can make you healthier and your chemistry more protective and corrected. So I'll be back in just a few moments. This is Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. Be back right after this. Welcome back, my friends. We are back here with Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And we're talking about iodine. Iodine being an essential and critical mineral for thyroid function and for the production of the hormone thyroxin, which also protects bone and brain development during pregnancy. And it's the most common cause of preventable 
brain damage in the world. And it has declined iodine levels in adults, humans, have declined 50% since the early 1970s. Nutrition has pretty much been neglected for the past 50 years. And because of our diet, our environment, the foods we are eating, has caused a major increase of nutrients based on our diet and environment. Now here are some signs and symptoms you may be deficient in iodine. You might have a goiter. That means the swelling of the thyroid glands in the neck. You see some people with a very thick neck. And sometimes you might see a huge bulge of the neck. And you might gain weight for no reason and can't lose it. Because your thyroid controls your metabolism, it's like, it's kind of like the uh, brake and gas pedal in your car. The thyroid, when it really slows down, the iodine speeds it up to its more normal function. So you can have weight gain for no reason, fatigue which is very, very common, and weakness. Loss of hair. I hear this from women all the time. My hair is falling out. I tell them to look at the research on iodine. Talk to your doctor about putting iodine into your daily intake. Dry skin, very dry skin. Since the iodine controls our metabolism, it controls the temperature of our body. So anyone, man or woman, having an underactive thyroid will feel colder than usual. You can have four or five people sitting around talking and they're all, you know, most of them are okay with the temperature of the room and somebody else is really cold. They have a Maybe have a couple sweaters on. Maybe they'll have a shawl on. They'll have something that tries to keep them warmer. They're always cold. Cold hands, cold feet. Colder than normal. They have a very slow heart rate. They have brain fog. Trouble concentrating. And remembering. These are all signs of a low thyroid function. Underactive, hypothyroidism. So this means, these symptoms, means that your gland is underactive, underfunctioning, and not providing the proper metabolism for your thyroid function. Now iodine is not just for underactive thyroids. The research shows that Iodine, when underactive, when we don't have a sufficient quantity of iodine, 
there can be cysts and nodules on the thyroid. It increases breast cancer risk, prostate cancer risk, menopause symptoms, fertility, autism, ADHD, fibromyalgia, brain fog, weight management, and the level of energy. So what should you know about iodine? Well, according to studies that were done well over 70 years, back in the 30s and the 40s, the recommended daily allowance for iodine was, at the time, 150 micrograms daily. Now, that's probably still enough to prevent a goiter, the swelling of the neck. But it is not sufficient to improve the metabolism of the body and health as well. Now, many iodine experts recommend daily 6.2 to 12.5 milligrams of iodine daily for most people. The dosage can range from 3 milligrams to 25 milligrams or even up to 50 milligrams daily until there is iodine sufficiency of the body and then reduce the dosage to more normal dosages of 12.5 milligrams. Now for thyroid conditions, to increase the function of the thyroid. A good formulation would be 15 to 30 milligrams of iodine daily with about 200 to maybe 400 milligrams of L-tyrosine. Now the iodine and L-tyrosine Iodine is the mineral. L-tyrosine is an amino acid commonly found in protein. When these two hook together, they produce thyroxin, the hormone of the thyroid. Now, your doctor doesn't know that. Doesn't study nutrition. Probably your doctor could say, well, let's give you iodine and L-tyrosine and see how you do to see if that will make enough hormone to take away your symptoms or reduce your, your symptoms. But they, it's too easy. The average time you have with your doctor is about six minutes. That's the national average that a patient sees a doctor for six minutes. Not enough time to understand your condition. So they prescribe Synthroid. Wham, bam, you're done. And then it also requires about 150 to 300 micrograms of selenium.
the selenium actually increases the value of the iodine and L-tyrosine. So it's good to look for these three forms in a formulation. There are three forms of iodine because they work more effectively in various functions of the body. The iodine is potassium iodide, meaning iodine, sodium iodide, and molecular iodine. So the breast tissue, breast and prostate, reducing the risk of breast cancer and prostate cancer, the best form is molecular iodine. The thyroid uses more potassium and I, more potassium iodide and for the best absorption they use sodium iodide. So it's better to take all three forms. And usually they are all in one formula, one capsule, one tablet, whatever they are. The combination of potassium iodide, sodium iodide, molecular iodine with selenium. That would be a great combination to improve your absorption and production of thyroxin and a normal functioning thyroid. You can you women who struggle with menopause, lack of energy, they have extreme fatigue, they can't lose weight, their hair is falling out, their skin is dry, they will receive extremely good results using iodine. Because we're filling in a lost mineral. If all these nutrients are required for the body and we don't get enough of these nutrients or we don't get any of these nutrients, any amount, there's failure. Something stops working. And then the doctor prescribes a drug thinking that it may be a disease. It's not a disease. It's a lack of a nutrient. That's not a disease. So let's talk about exercise. We've talked about exercise in the past. We talked about the HIIT form of exercise, H-I-I-T. We talked about exercise for the heart, exercise to reduce depression. Now here are some benefits of indoor exercise. How to stay active in the winter. It can be hard to get moving when it's cold outside, dreary, cold. Most people are hunkered down in front of the fireplace or wrapped up in a blanket. Don't want to go outside. Cold and wintry and just not ideal for exercise, right? But... Here are three reasons why you should keep up some form of exercise routine, indoors or outdoors. You need exercise. 
Our bodies are equipped to move. And if you don't lose, you lose. You will get less sick. In fact, a recent study found that people who got 20 minutes of aerobic exercise at least five times a week had half as many colds and flu as those who did not exercise at all. Those that were sedentary. They just did not do any exercise. And you will feel happier. Researchers in Finland found that exercising under bright lights two or three times per week significantly improved your mood and increased energy in women with seasonal depression versus women with depression who did not exercise at all. And you can prevent winter weight gain. Since we are not moving around very much, we're on the couch, maybe our finger, maybe our thumb, working the remote, we'll lose some weight in our finger and our thumb. But we're not going to lose very much weight during the winter, hunkered down on the couch, watching TV and eating chips and fattening foods. Not fat. I love fat. That's good for you. But sugar and starch, carbohydrates, are what makes our body fat. And research shows most people will gain a few pounds to as much as 10 to 20 pounds over the winter holidays. And many of them have problems getting rid of it come spring. Now you have to work harder in spring to get rid of what you accumulated during the winter months and you probably were overweight when you went into the winter months. Now you're adding on to that big belly fat or that pot belly. So stay active in the winter. And how do you do that? Well, here's one of my favorite, I've, I've said this many times before, but just in case, here's one of the easiest and most effective indoor exercises. Kettlebells. And anybody, man or woman, can do kettlebells. A kettlebell looks like a cannon, a cannonball with a handle. You can use any weight that works for you. You don't have to use huge amounts of weight to be healthy. And researchers tested healthy adults, volunteers, who performed a typical 20-minute kettlebell exercise routine using intervals of swinging and rest. Now, by that I mean a kettlebell, it, you sit it on the floor, it has a, has a flat surface at the bottom of the bell, and you pick it up 
and you do a hinge movement, not a squat, don't squat down, do a hinge movement. I have a video on my website that shows you how to do it. And you can find many kettlebell routines on the internet. It's a great, great exercise, winter or summer. So you swing the kettlebell from at the bottom of your legs as you take it off the floor. You are standing slightly ahead of the, the bell. So when you swing up about to chest level, not real high, not past your chest, That is one swing. And you do as many swings as you are able to. Maybe 10, 20, 30, 40. When you lose your breath, you tire. Set the kettlebell down. That takes you about a minute, maybe. And then you rest for two minutes. That's three minutes One minute of exercise, two minutes of rest. Do that five or six times. So six times three minutes gives you six minutes of exercise totally. And about 12 minutes of rest. So you have an 18-minute, 20-minute exercise routine, but you only worked, worked, worked about six minutes. And the average calorie burn in, in about 18 to 20 minutes of six minutes of exercise is about 300 calories for the 20-minute workout. That's equivalent to running a six-minute mile or a cross-country skiing uphill. You're burning a tremendous amount of calories in a very, very short period of time. You are gaining strength and aerobic conditioning. In a separate study, healthy volunteers worked out with kettlebells for 45 minutes, twice a week for eight weeks. Now in this study, they found that their core abdominal strength increased by 70%. The subjects in this study also saw significant improvement in balance, leg and grip strength. You are exercising about 400 muscles. Now, you're not going to make bulging muscles. You're not going to have big biceps or triceps or abdominal six-packs. You're getting stronger. And that's how we get through the day. We don't get older and shuffle and can't get out of a chair by keeping our core strength and the legs and back strength 
we are able to have more mobility and flexibility. You're healthier. Exercise is tremendously valuable. More so, getting older. We need that strength to be able to be more functional. Now, we talk all the time about inflammation. And we talk about inflammation is at the core, I should say, at the root of 98% of all our diseases. Cancer, obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, all are based on an inflammatory process. COVID-19, people are dying from inflammation. Inflammation storm. So we should be on an anti-inflammatory diet. That's where it starts. All of our diet, American diet today, is a inflammatory diet. Sugar and carbohydrates and vegetable oils that are very high in omega-6 fatty acids are inflammatory. So there's good inflammation when we injure ourselves, sprain an ankle or twist our knee. The ankle swells up. It's hot. It's red. There's more fluid there. That's inflammation working for you to heal that area. But we have inflammation chronically that lasts all the time forever until we make some changes. The ankle or twisted knee will probably be resolved in a week or two. Inflammation is gone because the injured area is gone. It's healed. But our body isn't healing because we are constantly eating the same diet that causes inflammation. So anti-inflammatory foods are not only better for you across the board, but for your heart. Researchers analyzed 35 years of health records from over 210,000 people who had also completed a survey about their diet every four years over this 35-year period. When comparing the incidence of heart disease against dietary intake, eating a diet of primarily inflammatory foods increased your risk of heart disease by 46%, increased the risk of stroke by 28%, and here are some of the most inflammatory foods that you can't avoid. Remember, all your aches and pains, all your arthritis, all these conditions are from inflammation. But you can stop producing inflammation in your body by avoiding processed meats, sausages, all those luncheon meats, by avoiding refined carbohydrates, sugar, and all the sweetened soft drinks and beverages. Now, how do we adopt 
an anti-inflammatory diet. I've said it over and over, and I'll probably say it for a long time to come. The ketogenic diet is an anti-inflammatory diet. It includes all the foods that do not produce inflammation. And I've talked to people that have adopted the ketogenic diet, and they notice substantial changes in their pain, in how their arthritis is bothering them, they have more, more mobility. They have more flexibility. They feel better. They don't have many cold and flu. They just get healthier because they're getting rid of the garbage. Remember? Garbage in, garbage out. So here are some anti-inflammatory foods as well. Dark green, dark yellow vegetables. Low sugar fruits. Coffee, tea, curcumin, French grapeseed extract, and red wine. These are all anti-inflammatory. But if you eat a ketogenic diet, or go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com, and you'll find a tab in there that says Terry's Diet. Click on it, and I give you the foods that you should eat and the foods you should not eat. And then I give you a recommended menu for the day. And you can choose those foods to make up whatever you want for your meals. I know people with high cholesterol, all kinds of high levels of triglycerides, arthritis, pain. And when they change their diet, they got rid of most of those conditions or at least drastically reduced those conditions to where maybe their pain was 8, 9, and 10 and now the pain is 1 and 2. Believe me, your diet makes up who you are and it changes your chemistry either good or bad. So, my friends, I'm out of time. I've got to run. But I'll be back here on Sunday for another hour with you. So join me. Tell your friends, families, anybody who you think might be interested in listening to the program to join us on terrytalksnutrition.com. And also, if they're in the available listening area, on the radio show. So with that, my friends, I wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas. God bless you. And God bless America. <laughs>